The West is the best. At least I think so. When winds blow offshore, west, northwest especially, bunker nose up into the wind and striper action can turn hot and heavy along the beach. But sometimes being on the beach can get a little frustrating. Here I stand, plug in hand, turn with my back to the wind. Or, as Eminem said, the music, the moment, you own it. You better never let it go. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance. Waiting for that one shot with, when big bunker busting stripers pour across the bar and within casting range, hoping they do. Didn't happen for me in that opening video from Sunday in Brick Beach, but that was then and this is now. I'm Jim Hutchinson, New Jersey, Delaware Bay edition of the Fisherman Magazine. It's the week of October 23rd and it's going off somewhere here at the Jersey Shore. Pardon the musical references. But our fall striper run simply rocks. Just ask Dean Ween. Weens? Weener? Deaner? Alongside of bassist Les Claypool fishing with Ricky Donofrio Monday for a little taste of fall outside of Shark River. Now, I talked to Mickey. He said Les Claypool's uh, Fearless Flying Frog Brigade was playing in Montclair on Tuesday. And then Les had to go out to Philly to play the Fillmore on Wednesday. One of the greatest bass players in rock. Number one right now, as far as I'm concerned, from the band Primus, sampling some of this outstanding Jersey action. Of course, uh, Mickey Melchiondo, Dean Ween, he's probably one of the greatest guitar players of my generation right now. If you've ne have never listened to him, go find Dean's music. Fantastic. So where am I? Anyway, that this crowd of people enjoying the striper bite. Well, I'll tell you what, it's not the blitz conditions. My goal in the next several weeks is to stand here on the, on the beach while fish are blitzing behind me. And I found them earlier this week. Today, it's a pencil bite. And I can't tell you exactly where this bite is out of respect to those folks that are already crowded along the beach. But for a hint, I would recommend that you pick up the New Jersey Delaware Bay edition of the Fisherman Magazine, the November edition. It's out in newsstands this week. Subscribers, you already got a copy. Another great cover shot by Captain Scotty Sevens because we have a lot of TOG in the November edition, a lot of TOG info. That's because the bag limit on TOG in New Jersey goes up several fish as of November 16th. But on the striper front, check out Dr. Adam Aguiar's story on page 20. Now, last year, Adam got into the Thanksgiving Day Massacre uh, along the beach in Ocean County, but he offers some valuable tips in finding those fish right now as October comes to an end. And that's as close as I'm going to come to telling you where guys are pencil popping 40 inch class fish off the beach right now. Again, take a look at Adam's article, plot it out, figure it out, and you'll know of course, where the best striped bass action is in the Garden State. Of course, the glossy section, too, is packed with valuable info. Scott Newhall, he packs his travel gear, talks about what you need to do considering where you might travel. Uh, we got in touch with some uh, top surf casters for a look inside their plug bag for November. Shell Karras, George Bucci, they're both in there. Choosing the right captain, charter boat captain, for those away games. And again, those top tog tips up and down the coast. We talked to a bunch of different people. We also talked to Nick Konicheski, who laid out some of the options for headboat sea bass, because that is a popular endeavor if you're not walking these beaches to get out on those wrecks, reefs, and snags. Now back to the beach. I am getting a lot of photos from folks enjoying the front end of the fall blitzes at the Jersey Shore. I say front end 
because there's plenty of action ahead of us as more of those fish come out from the east and from the north, right? This is just the beginning. And there's various size bunker in the mix. There's the adults, there's the little peanuts, and there's the in-betweeners, what Nick Honachewski calls the cupcakes. So plan your voyage to the beach or out on the boat accordingly, right? Shel Karras, he shared this uh, online this week, and he also shared it in the Fisherman Magazine, November edition, match the hatch, right? Bunker in the, in the wash, number one option, especially when they're up close, and boy, I hope, I hope they're blitzing behind me, but I still don't see them. When they're in close piling on bunker, those swim shads, try the NLBNs, the Tsunami, white swim shads. Find the bait, find the blitz, find the fish. As far as those swim shads, you can work them fast, you can work them slow. A lot of times we'll live line them. You know, I'll just let them sit, jig them off the bottom. You gotta figure out what the best bite is. You know, sometimes it's going parallel to the beach, sometimes perpendicular. Soft swim shads, you can't go wrong. Young Josh Leone found solid bass action over the past weekend. Yeah, waders are nice, but it's not necessary. It's still warming up up here. I'm hot today. And, and, and you don't need triple plug bags or a spool of six bundles of leader around your belt. Look at Josh, getting in on the action, stripped down, doing his thing. David Double D Zwankowski had a 47-incher on the beach the other day, 10 a.m., new personal best, tsunami talking popper. Yeah, there's some big fish in the mix. I had uh, five or six of them on Tuesday. Five of them were well into the 40-inch range. Uh, I did get in on this, so yeah, just a, a half dozen fish for me from this movable feast. You can see some of the boats that are off the beach. So again, these bunker are moving their way back and forth down the beach. Where you'll find them, you don't know. The buffalo stampede is certainly on. So yeah, I mentioned the pencils, the metal lips, the soft swim shads, and of course bucktails. Make sure they're in the mix as well. But uh, there's a lot of rain bait along the beach as well. Um, so you want to take some tins too, uh, because the false albies are still around. Uh, I did see a whole bunch of rain bait on the beach in Brick earlier this week, so keep that in mind. Um, but that should be our lineup, right? The, the pencils, especially in conditions like I'm looking at right now, the fish are on the outside. They're not blitzing, but they're here. Some guys, I've seen a, a several 40-inch fish caught and released here. The pencils, the metal lips when they're in close, the swim shads when they're in close, and of course, bucktails will always get the job done as well. Now, as we head south along the Jersey Shore, the Jersey beaches, uh, heading down into LBI, for example, that nine-week LBI Surf Fishing Classic is continuing. That goes all the way through December. They've seen a smattering of weigh-ins, uh, but a 48-incher right now stands atop the leaderboard in the catch photo release surf masters division uh, so if you're gunning for that trophy 48 inches is now the top dog in that lbi classic also tog coming in hot and heavy uh, from the south jetty at barnegat light uh, i saw there's also a six plus pound bluefish on the board as well so that's a good sign for the fall run ahead especially as we head into southern ocean county as far as those jumbo stripers being off of lbi uh, we heard from forked river fishhawk val seafelt caught herself a new personal best this week, taping out at 50 inches. Uh, it was on a live line bunker right outside the Barnegat, uh, right outside of Barnegat Inlet. Val says, quote, the New Jersey Shore Striper run is on. It absolutely is. Start uh, using up those sick days soon. 
But while that big run of big striped bass remains in the northern half of the Garden State, pretty much LBI and to the north, we're, we are getting some solid reports down into Atlantic uh, County. Uh, guys like Dave Scholl at Abseekin Bay, Violet from Chestnut Neck, uh, uh, the, the folks over at Allen's Dock uh, on the Bass River. Uh, Justin's telling me there's some really good striper action to be had in the Mullica River down into Great Bay as well. Uh, in fact, behind Brigantine, the action is getting pretty good. Andy Grossman told me he's going to slip out, or he was slipping out, uh, with uh, first mate Carolyn uh, on Greg Marr charters for an expedition in the outback. And if Andy's leaving the shop, there's two things to consider. A, he's heading down to Florida for the winter, or B, there must be a good bite. Now, Andy did say there's a smattering of stripers on the front beaches, on the rock in Brigantine, think the same thing down into Atlantic City as well. But TOG, the TOG fishing on the jetties there at Absecon Inlet has been top notch so far. So yeah, TOG on the jetties all the way down into Atlantic and Cape May counties. And of course, striped bass in those backwaters on the sedges. Uh, I know Dave uh, Scholl will drift some live spots from time to time. He loves the gulp nemesis. I love the poppers. Uh, I love those Stillwater Smack of Juniors, the Intent Tackle uh, Back Bay series as well, and the Azori 3D Inshore working along those sod banks. Take down those trebles wherever you can. The one thing that I've noticed uh, along a couple of stretches of beaches where some of these big fish are being caught, um, take really good care of the release. Uh, be, be prepared to get wet to release some of these big fish. They're fighting really hard and they're really big and uh, really tamp down those trebles. I watched somebody walk off the beach with a treble impaled in their hand this week. That's one of the reasons, probably the primary reason why I take down my trebles. Now, Mike Martello, he hit Corson's Inlet on Sunday and said he was hoping for striped bass and bluefish, but the only critter to get his arrival notice was a skate. Glass half full kind of guy he is, Mike said. Uh, the visual highlight of the day was this. Uh, he, he went on to say, quote, I, I figure anyone who loves to fish most likely appreciates nature's purely random beauty. Rainbow right over there. He also said, I'm sure it's easier on the eye than a boat tour of the wind turbines. <laughs> Somebody saw my video last week. The scab is picked, the bear is poked, the door, it's off its hinges. I do have more detailed construction info from Orsted as it relates to Island Beach this week. And a message, another weak and deceptive message from the keyboard cowboy himself, DEP Commissioner Sean LaTourette in a few minutes. But first, let's start thinking about that tog fishery, right? We've got them in on the jetties, we've got them in on the rocks, and pretty soon we're gonna be heading off to the reefs, wrecks, and snags to take advantage of that Jersey Shore bag limit increase on November 16th. With that said, let's check in with Jenny Ackerman for some TOG biology on Open Boat. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's Open Boat. Today we're gonna to be talking about my favorite fish species. We're gonna be talking about the blackfish or tau TOG, whatever you like to call it. So. The blackfish is a member of the wrasse family. So they have those big lips, the teeth, they're bottom dwellers, the coloration on them, they range from black to brown to that rust color, some grays. When they're first born, they are green. And then the females and the smaller males have a black chin, whereas those bigger males have that classic white chin. They're known not to be the prettiest fish, but I think they're adorable. 
They have very stout bodies and a very powerful thick tail that allows them to swim back down into wrecks and break your jig off. They have those distinctive conical teeth in the front of their mouths and then further back they have more of a flat set of teeth that they use for gnawing on their diet of crabs, mussels, barnacles, other shellfish, stuff that they feed on, they need those stronger teeth to crack down on that hard outer shell and get into the meat. So both the males and females mature at about three to four years old. And when a female is mature and in spawn season, they spawn from April through July. The average female, let's say like about a 12 inch female can lay 30,000 eggs per season, but if you imagine a like a five pound, 20 inch female, she can lay almost six times more than what that 12 incher can lay per season. So those are some little biological tidbits on my favorite fish, the blackfish. I'm gonna post up the current regulations for the species for all the regions here covered by the Fishman Magazine. We're gonna head out and we're gonna jig up some blackfish for ourselves to feature as a cameo on this week's open boat. All right, so we're literally out here in the field. Just caught a oh, little slippery one on the jig and we're going to quickly release it. With black fishing like in here, these ones are like pets and you wanna quickly release them after you catch them because all those double digit blackfish start out small. You gotta appreciate the little ones like that buddy right there and make sure you always follow the fishing regulations when you're black fishing, especially on a small rack piece. Keep your limit, respect it, put fish back if they're too small, revive the big ones and just follow the rules. Also in the mix now with those blackfish at those wrecks, black sea bass from oh, all the way up the northern stretch of New Jersey, uh, all the way down to Cape May into Lewis and, um, and Indian River Inlet as well. Now I'm supposed to uh, hop aboard Captain Bob Cope's full ahead sport fishing out of Cape May sometime next week to target those knotheads. I did see where Bob posted that he had a charter last week that decked a 4.6 pound black sea bass. Uh, now that would have been a 10 point category lead in the Fisherman Magazine's Dream Boat Fishing Challenge. So let's go check out the leaderboard and see if Bill here is a Fisherman subscriber who perhaps ran that big knothead over to Hands 2 Bait and Tackle for weigh-in. Tim, what's the deal with the Dream Boat leaderboard? After a few weeks of inactivity, the Dream Boat Challenge is starting to heat up ahead of the final month of the competition. Luke Citarelli, inactive on the board since the summer, came in hot with a 9.75 pound blackfish that now leads the category. Kyle Krause pulled the hero moves out, entering two top tier fish. The first was a category leading sea bass weighing in at 4.9 pounds. The second was a 8.2 pound blackfish that landed him in second for the category. We also saw a 8.13 pound tog weighed in by Vincent Ferrara taking third in the category. The top three saw some big moves. Third place is now held by Luke Citarelli with 23 points 
nipping at the heels of our second place angler Bobby Cipperelli with 24 points. And our new leader is Kyle Kraus, holding positions in a whopping six categories, combining for a commanding score of 34 points. Top three mainstay Eddie Terrabile has been knocked out of the competition for now. We'll see if he can answer the call next week. The Dreamboat Fishing Challenge is the fisherman subscriber-only multi-species fishing competition with a chance to win a 21-foot Steiger Craft Center console powered by Yamaha, along with many other great prizes. Visit thefisherman.com to subscribe and get all the details so you can be part of the action. We'll take a look at a few upcoming events in New Jersey and the latest full update from Orsted at Island Beach State Park on that ongoing work. But first, let's spend two minutes out west. Check in with my friend George, the Pocono Outdoors guy. Well, hey, thanks, Jim. You know, I think we're in for a much better weekend this weekend than things have been over the past, oh, geez, several weekends. You know, we just couldn't get a break with all the rain and terrible weather when it came time to get out and fish. This week, I think we're in for a bit of a change. Looks like good seasonal temperatures, maybe even a little bit above. Conditions should be really good to get out and wet a line and get on some of these fish. Uh, you know, uh, the trout are doing really good both in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Uh, our regulars checking in both Jen Wong and Eric Goodstall over here in Pennsylvania. Still fishing that extended season, but uh, the, the water temperatures are great and fish are being really active, getting some nice rainbow trout and also some brown trout as well. So be sure you guys take some time and get out on that bite as well this weekend. I also got an email from my good friend, Tim Kleber, guide on the Delaware River. Uh, he said, George, Look at this smallmouth uh, Ken Lenning caught out on the Delaware with a guided fishing trip. And I'll tell you what, he said it was four pounds. I think he's being a little conservative. That is a fantastic smallmouth. And I tell you, I'd be really glad to catch them all day long myself. So great work there, Ken, and good work, Tim, as well. Now elsewhere, guys are out uh, looking for things to fish. Uh, Nick Canestra down in the lower Susquehanna area, out hitting some of the lakes in that area. Uh, he was out fishing some largemouth and finding some real bucket mouths down there as well. So the fishing is, seems to be really good everywhere, uh, kicking in high gear as this uh, season starts to turn over uh, with those lakes. Uh, just a note guys, the Pennsylvania Fish Commission did issue the notice. Uh, PFDs are required if you're in a uh, kayak, a canoe, or any boat under 16 feet. Uh, to, or at or under 16 feet. So be sure to wear those PFDs uh, after November 1st. So we wanna make sure you guys got that info. For more information on that, you guys can check out fishingboat.com. Guys, if you're not out fishing this week and you just don't fish, I'll tell you what, it's gonna be the best it's been in weeks. Get out, send us those pics. And from Pennsylvania, I'm George, your Pocono Outdoors guy. <music>
Only yesterday, aboard my boat, Good Day, we caught 22 Dorados, an absolutely insane day. Just a few days back, we caught a sailfish, 12 yellowfin tuna, and 30 Dorados. Yes, you heard me right, guys. Three zero Dorados in a day. There's been a few blue marlin out there. Um, we hooked a striped marlin the other day. And inshore, there's been a few jacks, mackerel, and roosterfish as well. Guys, get yourselves down here. We've got plenty of boats available, plenty of availability the next few months, and we'd love to see you here in Costa Rica. Now this Saturday, October 28th, the fifth annual American Angler Surf Fishing Tournament will be held on LBI. Registration is from 5.30 a.m. until 7 a.m. at the Ship Bottom Fire Hall, that's on Central Avenue in Ship Bottom. Make a right as you're heading on to the island. But if you want some more uh, details on that, the fishing actually gets underway at 7 a.m. You can call Craig at 704-996-4924. Industrial wind supporters, you can turn off this week's video right now because we're gonna update you on what's going on at Island Beach State Park. Now, in last week's video fishing forecast regarding the NJDEP Montclair survey to anglers related to their thoughts on industrial offshore wind, one viewer remarked how he hoped, I'm quote, getting paid a lot to shill this fossil fuel industry propaganda about wind farms. No, Chris, I get paid by the readers of the Fisherman Magazine and the advertisers, the captains, the tackle shops, and the manufacturers. Last time I got paid by the fossil fuel industry, I was a 20-year-old college student working my way through college at Store Shell in Manahawkin, New Jersey. Ah, the old days. I do find it funny, though, that a lot of the industrial uh, offshore wind supporters, um, if they're not calling me a climate change denier or tinfoil cap wearer, they say, you're in bed with the fossil fuel industry. But who are these industrial wind developers anyway? Well, actually, they're, they're, they're fossil fuel companies. The Norwegian oil giant Equinor, BP Renewables, that's BP as in British Petroleum, and there's of course Royal Dutch Shell. You've no doubt waited in line to get gas at a Shell station, right? This graphic that you see on the screen right now, it's courtesy of WBUR Public Radio in Boston and shows how the big players in industrial offshore wind are the very same fossil fuel industries critics like me are apparently in bed with. <laughs> of course, the other big player in the industrialization of our inshore waters is Orsted, formerly known as Dong. Dong stood for Danish Oil and Natural Gas. It's 50% owned by Denmark, with significant investor cash from the folks at Goldman Sachs. Now, Orsted made headlines immediately after the Russian invasion of Ukraine for saying it would continue to buy gas from Russia despite the call for worldwide sanctions. In fact, the time Orsted CEOs, at that time, the CEO Mads Nipper, he was quoted in Reuters as saying this, quote, shortfalls in gas supplies have severe human and societal influences. That's your green energy spokesman talking about the need for gas. Speaking of which, here's the latest from Orsted. Now we'll get you into the news. My rant is over. This is the facts. The latest from Orsted on their fall construction work at Island, well, there were other stuff with fact too. The latest work at Island Beach State Park. We got an email notification this week says, starting as early as next Thursday, the industrial offshore wind developers plan on starting their horizontal directional drilling off Island Beach. Those chasing bunker schools 
in the park and right outside, take note of that. I don't know what kind of impact this is going to have on you. And I don't have any kind of knowledge on what it's going to do to the turbidity in the water, the clarity of the water, or our access to the beaches. We shall find out. But in charts shared by Orsted, that Danish company says the segment of work involved uh, or it involves the excavation of a cable exit pit. It's about 900 feet off the swimming area in Island Beach State Park. They're going to be towing conduit and pulling that conduit through the area cleared by the horizontal directional drilling. And that should last about three weeks. In addition, a research vessel called the Henry Hudson is expected to be doing some high-resolution geophysical surveying along the Ocean One wind route from Atlantic City and Ocean City in that area all the way along to Island Beach State Park where those high-powered cables will be run through the park and through the Barnegat Bay and along the bottom of the Barnegat Bay estuary. Now strangely, I find this odd, NJDEP Commissioner Sean LaTourette told the Lavalette Seaside Shore Beat that there's nothing to see there, that social media and layperson reports are causing a lot of concern, but there's nothing going on at Island Beach State Park. Now here's a warning to mainstream reporters, which who no doubt do not watch this video, but take note of when you ask Commissioner LaTourette a question, the time of day, for example. If you ask him at noon during the Orsted Union lunch break, is there work going on at Island Beach? Arguably, the lawyer in charge of our environmental resources, he's going to tell you, theoretically, quote, at the time of your inquiry, no offshore wind-related activities were underway at Island Beach State Park. So don't ask the commissioner at night when nobody's working. 20 years ago, as managing uh, editor of the Fisherman Magazine, when I first started, I frequently called then DEP Commissioner Brad Campbell the worst DEP Commissioner of all time. Then Commissioner LaTourette showed up and said, here, hold my beer. Sorry, Mr. Campbell, but you're now number two. You're in second place on the list. I know that not everyone shares my view of industrial offshore wind. I'm only concerned about the fish and the fishermen, and of course, government transparency. I am honored to have been invited by a group called Protect Our Coast, New Jersey. They're having a fundraising banquet at the Flanders Hotel in Ocean City, New Jersey. That's on Thursday, November 9th. Tickets are $100. I'll be there giving a speech. Senator Testa is going to be there and some other folks. If you really want to get the lowdown on industrial wind and you don't want to see those turbines out there, check out this event. You can visit protectourcoastnj.com to find out more. I've had my back to these guys for so long, I don't know if you've seen anything caught. A little while ago there were, and as soon as I pack up this gear and leave, they'll be back here again. But the movable feast is moving up and down the Jersey Shore right now. It's happening somewhere. And if I look at the NOAA weather, the marine weather forecast for the next several days, it looks like a lot of southwest today, Thursday, as well as Friday, and then it turns from the west as of Saturday morning. As John the Fisherman says, this is Les Claypool's Primus song. I think before my days are done, I want to be a fisherman. I think I'll die as a fisherman. Rock on, enjoy the run. It's just getting started. And the next time I bring you the video fishing forecast from the beach, I hope to God to be doing it in front of a boiling bass blitz on bunker flying out of the water. Stay tuned, we will get to that in a future edition right here at thefisherman.com.